fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, and ultra magas. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. The forces of evil are attempting to manipulate us through false propaganda, division, and fear tactics. We are unindoctrinated, unvaccinated, unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'd like to invite you to check out my website at freedomspeaknm.com, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows, as well as download useful resources. And now... You can get the podcast at Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at becca at freedomspeaknm.com. I've been thinking about this whole idea about the war on the unindoctrinated. Those of us that are actually awake, those of us that are red-pilled, those, are, those of us that don't have our heads buried in the sand... So the battlefield is still warm following the war on the unvaccinated. The mandates have started to let up, and both sides stumble back into something that looks like the old normal. Except that there is a fresh and present injury done to the people we tried to break, and no one wants to talk about it. Only weeks ago, it was the admitted goal of our own leaders to make life unlivable for the unvaccinated. And as a deputized collective, we force multiplied that pain, taking the fight into our families, friendships, and workplaces. Today, we face the hard truth that none of it was justified, and in doing that, uncover a precious lesson. It was a quick slide from righteousness to cruelty. And however we might blame our leaders for the push, we're accountable for stepping into the trap despite our better judgment. We knew that waning immunity put vast numbers of fully vaccinated on par with the shrinking minority of unvaccinated. Yet we marked them for special persecution. We said they hadn't done the right thing by turning their bodies over to state care, even though we knew that principled opposition to such a thing is priceless in any circumstance. And we truly let ourselves believe that going into another ineffectual lockdown would be their fault, not the fault of toxic policy. And so it was by the willful ignorance of science, civics, and politics that we squeezed the unvaccinated to the degree that we did. We invented a new rubric for the good citizen and failing to be one ourselves took pleasure in scapegoating anyone who didn't measure up. After months of engineered lockdowns, having someone to blame and to burn simply felt good. So we cannot hold our heads high, as if believing we had logic, love, and truth on our side while we viciously wished death upon the unvaccinated. The best we can do is sit in awareness of our rabid inhumanity for having cast so many aside. Most of us who pillared the non-compliant did it because it seemed like certain victory, like the unvaccinated would never make it through unbroken. Indeed, the promised new normal looked unbeatable. 
So we sided with it and made punching bags out of the holdouts. But betting against them has been a scathing embarrassment for many of us who've now learned that the mandates only had the power we gave them. Remember how I've been preaching all along, refuse to comply? One of my guests here today actually was saying that a lot also. It was not through quiet compliance that we avoided endless domination by pharmaceutical companies and medical checkpoints at every doorway. It was thanks to the people we tried to tear down. So for those of us not among the hopeless few that pray for the return of mandates, we might find some inner gratitude for the unvaccinated. We took the bait by hating them, but their perseverance bought us the time to see we were wrong. It seems right now that the mandates will return, but this time there's hope that more of us will see them for what they are, a rising authoritarianism that has no concern for our well-being. If there's an enemy, it's the confidence game of state power and the transparent attempt to tear us apart. Heading that looks like our best shot at redemption, or heeding that, sorry. This situation was largely perpetrated using a coordinated propaganda campaign by the Democrat Party, globalist, compliant media outlets, and big tech. The entire world has been held hostage by the enormous scam. It was further carried out through the cancellation of any dissenting information provided by thousands of doctors, scientists, experts, and political opponents. Dr. Simone Gold is currently spending 60 days in a DC gulag simply for speaking the truth. It has now become obvious that those that have been trying to speak out and have been silenced for the past couple of years were completely right. We are now seeing that in fact, the so-called vax is not safe or effective. In fact, it has now been proven that the jab actually compromises your natural immune system and makes you more susceptible to serious illness. More and more people are dropping dead from unexplained heart issues. I know people that know people. I, 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 there's a lot of people that I know of that have had this situation. The reproductive health of injected women is now in question. What will the long-term consequences be for the human race? The so-called efficacy was never backed up by any real scientific data. No long-term studies were ever considered. There was all this talk of the science, but when it comes down to it, real science was never utilized. This is after millions of people have been duped, coerced, threatened, and fired from their jobs. Lives have been ruined. Children have been, have been injected with experimental drug for no good reason, possibly endangering their hope of a long, ha uh, healthy future. What we have seen is the very definition of a large-scale conspiracy. Will those involved ever be held accountable? I don't think so. In a quote from an article at markgb.com from 2018, it states, Propaganda has reached its zenith when each member of the target population thinks the same, when they are afraid to think differently. At this point, leadership may commit whatever atrocities it sees fit. 
in the certainty that the population will either not see it or will view the expression of criticism as a more heinous crime than the act being observed. This is achieved through cementing a false equivalence in the mind of the group. Such a false equivalence is being cemented in the UK right now. The idea that criticism of Israel's persecution of Palestinians is an act of anti-Semitism. The propaganda seeks to bend the group mind. Thoughts and actions consistent with the narrative are deemed to be socially acceptable and politically correct. Ones that challenge it are regarded as socially unacceptable and politically incorrect. Over time, this is reinforced through a dynamic that exists within every human grouping and many species of mammal fear of disapproval. Therefore, the propagandist is employing a form of crowd control. When the fear of disapproval becomes so strong that one's sense of belonging or even physical survival depend on adherence to the narrative, when failure to comply with it attracts immediate rebuke from other members of the group, then the population can be said to be policing itself. That is how cults function. And more frequently than you might imagine, it's how intelligence agencies and other governmental figures attempt to work through the media. In George Orwell's novel, 1984, the party had achieved what we might call a maintenance state for the narrative. Society was policing itself. For example, in Oceania, children were taught to report their parents to the thought police. And if they demonstrated any sign of disloyalty to the party, disloyalty was considered a thought crime. In another quote from 1984, it states, actions are held to be good or bad, not on their own merits, but according to who does them. There's an almost no, there's almost no kind of outrage. Torture, imprisonment without trial, assassination, the bombing of civilians, which does not change its moral color when it is committed by our side. The nationalist not only does not approve, does not disapprove of atrocities committed by his own side, he has a remarkable capacity for not even hearing about them. You know, a perfect example of an outrage such as this occurring in our country right now by the Democrat Party is how January 6 protesters are being tortured and imprisoned without a trial in D.C. gulags. There's absolutely zero opposition to this un-American, unconstitutional treatment of these American citizens by Democrat politicians and their supporters. Most are simply patriotic Americans protesting a government they disagree with. At the most, some are only guilty of trespassing. Are people in today's world so wrapped up in the bubble of their own lives that they no longer care about anybody else but themselves? I don't know. I've, uh, I've got some guests in my studio today that uh, I think are going to probably have some opinions on all of this. I've got Stephen Garrett back with me again. Good morning. Good morning, Stephen. I've also got Mark Abramson. How are you this morning? I'm good. He's the owner of Los Ranchos Gun Shop, and he's my newest advertiser. And I've got John... Welch like Welch. the grape juice. John, John Welch <laughs> like the grape juice. Exactly. So, uh, 
Stephen, what do you got to say today? Well, commenting on your on your opening there, uh, it's amazing uh, the mindset. Uh, you mentioned 1984. There's a, another movie that it has a very poignant uh, scene in it, and it's called My Dinner with Andre. Hmm. If you ever get the opportunity, they actually uh, they talk about New York City okay. and how the citizens of New York City have become the jailers, not only the inmates, but the jailers. They have this absolute pride of what they have built that they do not have the capability of leaving the prison that they built. <laughs> and it, it is, it, like I said, if you have the opportunity, it is, it is a fantastic And it's movie. called what again? My Dinner with Andre. Interesting. Um, in fact, uh, there was uh, one of the actors, is, he played Vassini in The Princess Bride. You know, I love that movie. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah. But it goes to the point, um, Americans' attention spans have shortened. It's, it's, they don't remember from one moment to the next. And that's how a lot of these elected officials get away with what they do. They forget what they have done before and what they had put them through. And then they're willing to do it again which is mind-blowing to me. Well, you know, that's why I circle back to something. Excuse the, the, the term. <laughs> but, uh, that's why I, I go back to, to repeating certain things on a regular basis because I don't want people to forget them. I don't want to, you know, a lot, I think a lot of people have completely forgotten about these poor people rotting away in the D.C. gulags. Yeah. And they, they haven't been convicted of anything. A lot of them, and some of them still have not been charged. Right. And which is flies in flies in the face directly in the face of our constitution and what we found founded that we are innocent until proven guilty. Right, and the, and one of the main reasons we actually had a a revolution in this country to start with. I mean, we <laughs> we we broke away from England because they were actually doing that exact kind of treatment right. to the colonists. That's one of the main things. Oh yeah, yeah. And yet our government, which is supposed to be by the people for the people, is doing it to us now. And everybody is not outraged, which just amazes me. I, I think when I went to protest at the Capitol, I, um, I was hoping more people would see the situation me as too. I did. And we could have put a stop to this way back. Now people are waking up. Now people are actually understanding what I was doing there, trying to hold the governor accountable for her violations of the Constitution, not only of, of New Mexico, but of the United States. And in part of that protest was they have removed one of our constitutional safeguards in holding our elected officials accountable. Mm -hmm. And now that people are waking up, now that people are starting to see the handwriting on the wall, including the reissuance of mass mandates throughout the country, when there has been multiple studies now done, that masks have no marketable or markable uh, safety 
in in protecting you which had, was was i mean fauci even said at the very beginning of all of this masks don't do anything mm -hmm. of course it's flip-flop fauci mm -hmm. and he reversed himself which he has done numerous times mm -hmm. but now we have a situation where the federal government isn't even going to continue investigating where exactly did this virus come from i saw an interesting uh, th post on social media this morning in which uh, somebody was talking about how the narrative has constantly changed throughout this whole fiasco. <laughs> this is funny. In May, 95% protection. In June, 70% protection. In July, 50% protection. August, no protection but reduces spread. September doesn't reduce spread but reduces severity. October doesn't reduce severity but reduces hospitalizations. November doesn't reduce hospitalizations but you aren't going to die. December, you die, but you go to heaven. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, depending on how you've treated people all this time. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Our, um, my family, um, <sighs> there was a lot of people in my family, um, extended family, that uh, ended up with getting the vaccine. Uh, now we've had m multiple cases of m myocarditis didn't you tell me stroke. one of them just the other day died from a stroke yes yeah and yes. they they're all getting vaxxed up and boosted up and yeah it's 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 frightening um in fact uh i i contacted the fbi uh by letter form explaining how the uh fd uh the fda uh had violated and continues to violate your your right of uh, your consent and it without listing what can possibly go wrong from taking the shot and not informing right no informed consent exactly there hasn't been from the um, beginning and i sent them a letter and they contacted me by phone uh, I spoke with one gentleman, and after that, he never picked up the phone again. I have never received any phone calls again. Uh, I went right down the list, and I believe I posted it on the uh, I Will Not Comply NM Facebook site. That Well, I opened that uh, in February of 2020 prior to going to the Capitol, because this is, it's an egregious offense. Uh, that you're not giving us the information we need. So, Mark, I know you got a lot to say about this stuff. You, you know, I, I know, I, uh, I've been talking to Mark for months now, and uh, he's he's never short on words. I, I, I know if you ever stop into his gun shop and get into a conversation, uh, you may not get out of there for hours. It's entirely possible, but. Uh, Mark is the owner of Los Ranchos Guns, and he recently moved his uh, shop uh, a short distance from the old location. And I, I can tell you, he's got like the best selection of stuff in town. I mean, he's just got well-stocked shelves with ammunition. He's got all of these, uh, a huge selection of firearms, uh, both new <coughs> and used from what I could see. Um, so, Mark. Well, it's been an interesting COVID season. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, we could track sales pretty, pretty well. The Trump slump, uh, which was a sales slump that all gun shops suffered or enjoyed, but it was pretty calm. 
because everyone knew the laws weren't going to change. Uh, the state was going to do something, and it did, but nothing as drastic uh, as we thought it could be. And then, you know, even with, with Biden coming in, you know, we didn't see that, but we can track, um, I mean, there's, there's a whole long story about someone who bought a lot of guns and ammunition and accessories online, which is unusual uh, for us. And he was telling us, I called him because I wasn't going to place the order until I talked to him. Mm -hmm. And he told us that you don't know what's coming. And sure enough, within two weeks, the governor had shut everything down. Oh, wow. So sales had uh, accelerated in March until we were forcibly shut down by the, the uh, state police. And even as we limped along during closure, it was interesting that the demand, the pent-up demand, continued. And when we were allowed to reopen, things picked up again. And then we had the insurrection, the real insurrection, which, while I won't attribute it to Black Lives Matter, there were people who took advantage of those protests. And, the, uh, and they took it to the streets. Yeah. And that drove people crazy in June of 2020. And you couldn't keep anything on the shelf. And people were ordering crazy things online, foreign guns, I mean, whatever they could get their hold, uh, get a hold of because it was really existential at that point, exacerbated by the governor's continuing um, her messaging and taking control of our economy, killing a lot of small businesses in the process. And there were fits and starts, and it's been continued. Um, the reason we moved, by the way, had nothing to do with COVID. It's been in the works for years because the village bought our building, the village of Los Ranchos, uh, with the purpose of developing the 12 acres we were on. Mm -hmm. So we had to move, and we were scrambling uh, to find a location during COVID. It really made it difficult. So we had that made that move and we're excited about it. Great employees providing service to folks as they're finding us. And this is really our first venture in advertising since October of 2020. So Mark, what's the new address again? The 6621 4th Street Northwest. The former location of WEX, the former location of BIPs, the former <laughs> location of JBs. It just depends on how long you've been in town. People still come in asking for bacon and eggs. <laughs> and I'm sure you um, Maybe you got a side business there you can do, yeah. you know. Breakfast at uh, at uh, if you're buying, Rancho's Guns. If there you're buying enough stuff, we could go over to Dave's Valley Grill and <laughs> pick up breakfast for him. Happy, no problem. Not not a problem at all. Uh, so what's been interesting to us is watching news cycles. Uh, so not only uh, situations like the BLM uh, riots, uh, and, and again, I'm. It's not Black Lives Matter, it's, but the riffraff that associated themselves with it. Um, but we were, we saw a, another t uptick when the Supreme Court decision uh, regarding abortion was leaked. 
and people were getting uncomfortable with the direction of where we were going, how a, an institution like the Supreme Court could be like every, you know, like the political branches that leak things intentionally, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, the good thing was it got people to wake up to the fact that the states were really the power source in this country, and each state has that uh, ability to develop develop a plan for how this democracy or this, you know, this republic that we have works. And the role of limited government starts getting debated again, although it's been transmogrified into something really, really horrible. Well, Mark, you know, I think over the years, I think the federal government has just been grabbing a little bit more power all the time. And the thing is, is if you understand the Constitution of the United States, you understand that the way this country is set up is it's a union of states. And the federal government is supposed to have very, very limited powers, but they have overstepped that. They started doing that a long time ago. And I think it's just now starting to... I think people are becoming aware of it, like this whole striking down of Roe v. Wade. I mean, it was never constitutional to start with for the federal government to impose that on the states. It's... It's interesting because I was in law school um, right after, well, college and then law school, uh, right after uh, Roe v. Wade was decided. And we were debating then, uh, we understood as a public policy matter where the Supreme Court was going, but as far as, a, as law, as far as understanding what the Constitution says and what it does, it was a great political expedience uh, for the Supreme Court to make that decision. It resolved an issue that had really taken up a lot of its time and a lot of court time. But as a good legal decision, really suspect. Well, yeah. And, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead, Steve. Uh, well, I'm sorry. The way I look at it is they took the uh, power from the state I mean, this, the decision was always supposed to be made by state. Um, and that's part of what I've been speaking about recently. Uh, we, we have a sovereign country, mm -hmm. and every state is sovereign. Well, within every state, every county and municipality is sovereign. And you need strong leaders in order to stand up and know their job in order to protect your constitutional yeah, rights. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, this country is a bottom-up uh, kind of a thing, not a top-down thing. And a lot of people have fallen into this trap in which they believe that our government is from the top down. And in fact, that's completely wrong. It's from the bottom-up. And like you said, Stephen, it's from the very smallest part, like the, the, the city council. I mean, it starts there. It starts with the sheriff. You right. know, on a very, very local level, the sheriff and then the city council. And then it goes up from there. And, and so the higher levels actually don't have an enormous amount of power over the lower levels. And it's like it, it, that once you understand that concept, it really, really makes a lot of sense. But they've, over the past years, and my lifetime even, just incrementally, they have infringed upon our sovereignty. It's a chipping away. And yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree that um, it's from the top, or rather from the bottom, going up. That um, the family is one of the things that they try to harp on as well and try to beat down. Well, that's why we have that attack on the family going on right now. Exactly. And I, I, I also think that the, the group, 
that you uh, spoke of be, uh, before, as far as the group amnesia that is going on, is in, incredible. Like uh, Steve had said, as far as the, the attention span, and uh, I think that when it comes to sovereignty, sovereignty is it's it's a value that's there that uh, federally um, has been chipped away at and sold. You know, to China, to every to every place that there is, and that sovereignty is something that is precious to us, as it, it, precious to me anyway. Yes, we. Yeah, uh, okay. I was just going to say we, it, the whole uh, we talk in the nonprofit world about the servant leader, and the leader who's actually so it's still a pyramid, but the top of the pyramid are the people. And the servant is providing service to make sure that we function. There is a role for government. Oh, yeah. But we have allowed the, the federal government primarily, but the states as well, to really infringe on rights that make no sense, except they sound good. And we're dealing with that now, with now the federal endorsement or apparent endorsement of red flag laws and gun ownership, all those things that individuals believe are their right and people who are responsible, law-abiding citizens uh, have that right, whether they choose to use it or not. It's the same thing with raising your voice at the uh, at the yeah. Capitol. The right. number of people there uh, in Santa Fe is always remarkably small. Although you cannot find a parking place anywhere near the Roundhouse. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we're at the 30-minute mark, so we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. We're going to continue this conversation, and I also want to talk. I saw the uh, the January 6th movie put out by the Epoch Times, and there were a lot of things I took away from that that I want to talk about as well. So we'll be right back. Five years in the same location, Los Ranchos Gun Shop has moved to 6621 4th Street Northwest in Los Ranchos. New space, new inventory, but still committed to serving the safety needs of our guests. One block north of our old location, but still filled with no pressure. Locally owned and operated, proud of our commitment to service and community, and happy to support Talk Radio KDAZ. Longing to be free of pain? Free of pain meds? To move freely and easily again? Call Dr. Lynn today, 505-200-0271, riverlightcommunitypt.com, 505-200-0271. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? 
Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Conservative Talk ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Um, before the break, we were talking about the, the war on the indoctrinated. We also mentioned an important point about how people have such a very, very short memory about things. Now, those that are working against us know this. They know that people have a short memory. And this is why, and I talked about the topic a couple of weeks ago about cognitive dissonance. This is why they constantly try to overload you with constant, ever, never-ending propaganda over and over and over again in which they tell you what they want you to believe. Now... Part of the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is that so I want to try to counteract that constant propaganda. And hopefully, if I am out here sharing the truth enough, and I always, I always back up all the facts that I present on my show, I want you to do your own research. I want you to critically think. I want you to think about when, when they tell you something, it's like, wow, does that make any sense? <laughs> um, wow, maybe I should... Dig into that. Maybe I should research that a little bit. But this is how, over the past couple years, that they have indoctrinated people. And, it, and it's like when you're held host when somebody's held hostage, you know. And like like the whole concept of them trying to make you be happy about the fact that that gas is now. Uh, <laughs> under $4 a gallon. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not happy about that because I remember, I have not forgotten that during when Trump was uh, was president, I think if I recall, I remember paying a buck 69, a buck yeah. 59 maybe. Mm -hmm. How is $4 a gallon something I should be happy about? Exactly. Okay? This is all on Biden and his corrupt administration. So, Okay, and this other thing about how they have indoctrinated people to go after and basically be self-policing towards those of us that are awake to the truth and are doing our research and, know, and, and have, been, have been paying attention to what's been going on. But somehow they make people believe that they have to also make you do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I, I really have a really hard time understanding that, that whole concept. But there again, it's because 
people are without question acting the way that they're told to act. And we saw this sort of thing happen. You know, I've talked about this many, many months ago. I was talking about the World War II and what happened in Nazi Germany. It's like, what would ever possess German people to turn against their neighbors and, and snitch them out and load them up on trains and join the Nazi military and have these people executed? Well... Can you see that happening now? I mean, can you see how that mentality happens? Yeah, you can. You can. It. There are people that are so indoctrinated that they will never get out of those masks. No, I think some people are permanently damaged. Yes, and uh, you can lay that feet that directly at the feet of those in power. You know, and I say that tongue in cheek in power because. They're only there because of us. I think they become like the ocean that we all swim in. My uncle used to have a saying that he would um, uh, use frequently, and it said that <clears throat> we don't know who discovered water, but we know it wasn't fish. <laughs> and we are all swimming in what their power ocean, so to speak. And, and when you go against the tide, you know, kind of like this um, movie, The Chosen, where they have the, they have the fish going uh, uh, the opposite way. Right. You know, that's what it reminds me of. When it, go, when it comes to the hatred that you were talking about, you know, I mean, in the Bible it said that, that hatred of your brother is like murder. Well, it depends on what kind of environment you have before it becomes actual murder. And, and that's why the uh, Germans <clears throat> that you were talking about that would turn in there, you know, the selfishness gets to be at, to a point because we are inherently selfish and we want to let our bright side shine and our other side, you know, drag. And, and yet when it comes to being desperate and, be, and, and, and looking at what is going to go on with our families, etc., like this, desperate people become very dangerous. And I, that's why I appreciate you telling the truth, like you said, because yeah. the truth will set us free. By the way, I wanted to mention, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, um, the, the beginning of my opening monologue <clears throat> was a, uh, a quote, almost an, almost an exact quote, from a, a lady that posted something that uh, was on social media I saw the other day. Her name was Susan Dunham. And she wrote that amazing piece. Um, and I thought it was a perfect open for today's show. So, you know, Susan, thanks for putting that out there. That was some really Thank great you, writing. Yeah. It's, it's always amazing to me that we are governed by the second best tier of people available. The best do not go into government. No. And if you think about who the highest paid federal employee is, this is the guy who led this country through the AIDS crisis, changing advice throughout the entire horrible period as we had figured out what AIDS was, how it was caused, how it was spread. And the cues that Dr. Fauci gave during that AIDS crisis changed just as much as his messaging during this most recent COVID crisis. Oh, he was responsible for sure. Ouchie Fauci. Ouchie Fauci. And, and 
I am so glad he's retiring. <laughs> yes, with a, a, a salary of half a million dollars a year. Imagine that. Imagine that retiring with a pension of half a million dollars per year. I mean, this is your taxpayer money at work. Now, this guy, in my opinion, uh, should be should be charged with crimes against humanity. Absolutely. I think I think if anybody ever really looks at this and decides to hold these people accountable, there should be something the equivalent of a Nuremberg II, and Mr. Fauci should be the first one to be on the stand. And Epoch News has um, uh, a um, uh, documentary on yeah. that very thing, mm -hmm. yeah. going over his career from, from the very beginning and the withholding, knowledgeable withholding during the AIDS crisis mm. of, of, of uh, Drugs that would have helped, and wow, probably, does that sound familiar or what? Yeah, and and it's all it it seems to be that, okay, who has the most money? You know, who's going to give me the biggest kickback? Because I'm sorry, if you look at his total wealth, at, even with his salary, you know, it, he holds patents, and our FDA holds patents on on viral. Uh, components you know it, it how do you the only way that you can apply for a patent on a on a virus is by manipulating it mm. right or creating it you or know, creating it so so for them to say that the so-called COVID-19 which I still question that uh, <laughs> was a naturally occurring thing <laughs> from a wet um, market, from a bat somewhere, oh, the, which is the, to completely nonsense. Yeah. And it amazes me how uh, there were people, even in the uh, so-called um, conservative media, that bought into that narrative and just ran with it. I, I, in, in February of 2020, um, it was actually it was late January, uh, I actually... Uh, commented I, I you were able you could go to the Wuhan website and that's how I knew that Dr. Xi was the one that developed it mm -hmm. you start looking and then then you hit the link from there to her papers at the WHO yeah mm -hmm. so I saw that document you before have to follow they removed the, you have it. to follow the breadcrumbs oh and yeah just, and just go one thing I mean I do that on my own research for this show every week I'll see a headline it's like okay that sounds kind of interesting and then I'll pick little pieces of it and I'll dig a little deeper on little on pieces of it and find the most interesting things oh yeah uh, well there was they they just released uh, what was it two days ago that China is now warning of a secondary outbreak in their country. Yeah. Okay. Have we shut down? Have we shut down uh, travel? Because if you remember, when this first broke, they buried it, they hid it, they mm. did everything. But the Chinese government allowed one million of their populace to travel with a known pathogen. You know, you can't tell me that that in some way was not planned. Because the, where they travel to, and then you started looking at the outbreak centers, New York, Florida, S Seattle, Washington, Los Angeles, all travel destinations, you know. So it's, it, it, it amazes me that people don't remember this. Here's the thing, though, okay, Stephen, is that I remember during the peak of this so-called 
pandemic, which I don't call it a pandemic. I call it a plan, scandemic, plandemic, either one of those things. Yeah. But, you know, New York City, it's like they, they declared this emergency, they locked everybody down. And, and, and it, looked like, uh, it looked like a scene from the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend. They had the streets completely cleared out. It would look like a ghost town. And it looked scary, okay? They, it looked really scary. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is at the time, I was, I was watching other people that I follow that were actually walking the streets going to the hospitals, looking and seeing what was going on, and noticing something really odd. Mostly empty hospitals, empty parking lots, no ambulances running around, bringing in all these, uh, all these people deathly ill with the COVID to the hospital. And, and then something really, really interesting, I don't know if you guys remember this one or not, but the mainstream news, of course, was trying to just pump up the hype like crazy on a daily basis. Every day it was COVID, 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 all day long, every day. And I I remember seeing one scene that a news station posted on there of a uh, supposedly a supposed COVID patient that was in the ICU in which these doctors were frantically working on this patient. Turns out it wasn't a patient at all. It was a it was a cadaver. It was it was one of the or it was a dummy. It was one of those dummies that 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 right. doctors learn how to work on patients on. It was obviously a dummy. If you looked at it, it was a dummy. That's the only footage they could find of all of these all of these people just dropping dead from the Rona. And it's like they had to use a a, a shot from a, from a dummy. Whatever had the most frantic. Uh, <coughs> Um, activity going on. That's what they want. So, so you look at the truth of the matter in which doctors and nurses were being, were being laid off, hospitals were being put out of business, and the hospitals that were open weren't really all that busy, and empty parking lots, no ambulances, no overcrowded waiting rooms, um, empty hospital ships, empty emergency hospitals set up, um, where where was it? I didn't see I didn't see this supposed emergency. And then I've talked about this before. I've talked about the the numbers of total people dying from every cause, not increasing for the year 2020. That's right. So you look at the facts, and it just doesn't add up. Well, oh, yeah. the facts you want to go with the facts, not the emotion, and not the uh, <laughs> right. hype. And right. Not, and not the, uh, the theater of group amnesia like we were talking about. Right. And see, that's what they were pushing. They were pushing the emotion. They were showing people all these scenes. They kept repeating things over and over and over again. They, they instituted these unnecessary sh- lockdowns. They, they stressed people out. They make people afraid. And right now they're trying to keep people afraid. You know, realize that they have not ended the emergency According, there's still emergencies declared that they have not, they have not undeclared the emergencies. There is still an emergency in New Mexico. There's still emergencies throughout the country. They've never called off the emergency. And now what they're doing is they're trying to add fuel to the fire for the emergency with the monkeypox, okay, which is another scam. Oh, yeah. Okay. And now Biden is, is going to try to institute a climate emergency. With Gore, 
I don't understand. He's going to he's going to just a blanket a blanket climate thing that you know we've got to fight God now. Oh yeah. Oh the, yeah. The, the, the whole carbon credit oh. is one of the see and even even that when you get into that it's 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 a shell game. You know why why isn't our governor being held accountable to the same standard that Como was held to by placing infected people in with our most vulnerable of society, right. the elderly, into nursing homes. Because we have a completely corrupt government in New Mexico. Yeah. They're all lockstep with her. Yeah. And refusing the beds, like you said, in New York. Uh, anything that tr that had Trump's name on it, you know, oh, yeah. it was going to be shut down and canceled. Um, I wanted to ask you, you said you were talking about your family. Mm -hmm. I know that personally for me, um, I've gone through uh, much of the same thing. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't go see my mom because mom said, well, yeah, but John, you're, you're unvaccinated. You can't do that, you know? I'm going, oh my gosh. And so my brother, my brother said, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be up there, um, but we can't hang, John. And, you know, yes. I mean, when it goes to your family first and then friends, oh, my gosh, different friends, you know, I'm glad to be with you four, you three right here, you know, <laughs> you know? I mean, and not be canceled. If, if you want to be a pariah, try being a, a Jewish guy owning a gun store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, oh. one of the yeah. most... So. Now that you brought that up, one yeah. of the most interesting signs I saw, and it was over on the East Coast, um, I was going along, huge, huge neon sign, Leibowitz's Barbecue. And down at the bottom, it just said, it just ain't kosher. Oh, <laughs> nice. Wow. It's, uh, it, it is amazing, though, that people are so quick to turn on each other. If you get underneath all the noise, the things that we agree on, maybe not the extreme left and the extreme right, but you know the 98% in the middle of that, we can agree on so much. That's generally... But their worldview on the left is really pro-socialist, anti-individual initiative. It's all about the collective and not about the individual. See, and the thing is, Mark, is they think this is all a good thing. They think this, this no matter how you end up there, they think this whole idea of the collective is a good thing because they think, oh, we're taking care of each other. And if that means that we're forcing you to do what we want you to do, well, that's towards that. It's all about the ends, not the no, means. No pain, no gain is what they say. The communistic uh, um, rule is what's good for you. And uh, we're talking, you know, where's McCarthyism? I mean, where, uh, this is, where is it when you need it? Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's ridiculous. But it's But it's interesting to me because when we're in a crisis when individuals believe that whether it's the end of times or they recognize that the police are not going to be there to respond right. they took it on themselves to come and acquire the tool and hopefully some of the knowledge necessary to take care of their family of mm -hmm. themselves whether at home or on the street
And a little pushback from, from people in the subways, you know, trying to have their way with just anyone that rides it. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah, just, I, saw, I saw an interest. You mentioned subways. Oh, it's yeah. so funny. Uh, I think it was Pete, Pete Edge the other yeah. day, was talking about how we're going Booty. to be, ex, you know, advising other countries on how they should be running their mass transit system. <laughs> and and I, saw, I saw this interesting news article, it might have been on OEN, in which they're, ta they're showing a typical subway, say, in New York City. And they're, they're, they're showing all the graffiti all over the place. They're showing the bums literally living on the subway cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're showing people uh, setting up a water slide inside, inside the car, do water sliding and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And then they show some of the subway systems in other countries. They're clean people. They, there aren't any bums on them. There's no graffiti. Everybody's well, very, very orderly and polite. Um, it's a huge contrast. I mean, people in other parts of the world must think that Americans are just a bunch of slobs. Well, there's some truth in that. But Albuquerque and New Mexico really have figured it out. Six feet of separation on the rail runner, not a problem. Mm -hmm. And on art... Why? Because it's empty? It's empty. <laughs> <laughs> One I, person per car. <laughs> every time I watch that train go by, and I, I think it's a wonderful testament to Governor Richardson's <laughs> ability to spend federal money and in debt the state for life. That'll but look at, look at art. It's oh, yeah. free. Oh. And nobody rides it yeah. except the homeless who, you know. It's a rolling homeless shelter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh. become that. And yeah. I, I applaud the governor for allowing them to house there rather than Coronado Park. Right. It's like talking about the cashless society. I mean, I was part of that <laughs> way before it was oh. a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, it comes down to once I know your fear. I can, can control you. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's and absolutely. that's what they've learned. Yeah. They've, they've learned oh, yeah. that. And now it's just a perpetuation. Well, yeah, and I mentioned the cognitive dissonance. These people are shut down. They're not thinking anymore. Oh. The people that are buying into the fear, the people that are indoctrinated, all you got to do is just keep feeding a little mm. bit more new stuff into that fear, and you can maintain that control forever. Evil starts in the brain. So I, I saw an interesting thing by uh, that uh, Mayor Eric Adams. Now, did anybody think that this guy was going to be any different oh, than the previous mayor of New York City? I was hopeful. You were hopeful. Yeah, I was too. As, but I, as we realistically, all are. I was saying this guy's a Democrat. He's not any different at all. But he'll be better than Dinkins. Dinkins. Gov uh, mayor Dinkins. Yeah. Before who was yeah. oh. could be the worst mayor in New York history. <laughs> He's not even close, so give him credit. Yeah, oh, okay. He, he well, <laughs> in, in any case, what he has done is he's fired another 200 city workers for not getting the experimental injection. And uh, from what I understand, I saw this posted on... Uh, Dr. Simone Gold's Twitter account this morning, and the reason I say on her account is because she's currently sitting in a DC gulag for 60 days, uh, but somebody has taken over for her in the meantime. But apparently that brings the termination count to 1,752 people have been fired because they would not take the experimental injection. Now, here's an interesting thing. 
Okay, I was reading some of the responses to this, and we've talked about the people that are completely indoctrinated, the fully indoctrinated is what I call them. And here was an interesting one. I applaud the mayor for this. Healthcare workers can't take of the, can't, oh, it's grammatically wrong, <laughs> can't take of the unvaccinated. What he's saying is that he doesn't think healthcare workers uh, should be accepting unvaccinated patients. <laughs> and, but see, this is the, the, the brain dead, brainwashed state that a lot of people are in. Well, it, and they're never going to they're never going to get better from this. Is it because of the Fed? Is the reason they think that because they think that the unvaccinated is more likely to be able to give them some sort of a uh, a disease than someone who has been vaccinated that's already been proven that doesn't do anything. In fact, wears down your immune system. Well, and worse than that, and I I explained this to somebody the other day. And uh, they got a little upset with me about it. But, and and the, the concept of self-spreading vaccine, which is something yeah. that for years now has been a strategy they've been using to control bug populations, yeah. pests, oh, yeah. things that we want to eliminate and extinct and get rid of, yeah. mosquito, you know, disease-carrying mosquitoes, things like that. Well, they've employed this in this so-called vaccine. Right. Okay, a thing called spike protein shedding, which I've been just, I've been talking about and talking about, and I was talking about it before anybody ever, uh, it became mainstream, and it turned out to be true. It's a real thing. It's a real thing, spike protein shedding. It's happened to me before. It's happened to people I know mm -hmm. that are surrounded by people that are, that are vaxxed and boosted, and they're just oozing spike proteins yeah. all around them, infecting people around them. Mm -hmm. So it's a real thing, and it happened to me once as well. I mean, I came home from being around somebody that was vaxxed and boosted, and I came home, and I had 102 temperature, and I was deathly ill for a couple of days. And I know other people are the same way. I have another friend that nearly died, and, and I know you know people too, Stephen. Oh, yeah. And it's like everybody I know that is unvaxxed has had this experience being around these people that are just disease carriers. And yet it's just flipped right on its head as far as what's good and what's evil. Totally. Well, the, the, the interesting thing, and I believe this story just dropped yesterday, uh, a Swedish uh, uh, bio firm did studies because of they were they were set they set out hey steven we're yep. gonna have to hold that okay. thought okay because we're at the end of the first hour um i'm gonna let you complete that thought at the next hour and then what i want to cover in the next hour is i want to talk a little bit about this january 6th movie i saw in the epoch times it's so revealing about so many things and i want to share some of my takeaways from that so we'll be right back